return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stay standing a second. Who's got pain in their body right now? Who feels some pain in their body uh, right now? Pain, 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 pain. Okay. Keep your hands up a second. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, right over here. All right. I want you just to move a second to where a couple of ladies are. This this brother over here, move where they're at a second. And there's even a hand up back there on the back. Just let's, hey, how much, how, how do you know there's no pain in heaven, right? So we just speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. Speak healing in shoulders and limbs and joints and muscles and backs in the name of Jesus, we speak healing. And Lord, we thank you for your life coming forth and touching each person right now that has pain. Each person that indicated, maybe some who didn't, but we just command pain to leave. Pain, you're not in heaven, so we're not going to accept you here on this earth. So we command pain to leave, pressure to come off nerves, muscles to be relaxed. We thank you for your touch right now. Thank you for your touch. No more headaches. No more headaches. In the name of Jesus, allergies, reactions, gone in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing, Father, by your spirit in Jesus' name. Even some of you watching us right now, healing's coming to you in the name of Jesus. God is for you, not against you. He's on your side. He wants you well in your body. So we speak healing to you. If you're at home, maybe even in another country, we speak healing to you in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the healer. He's the great physician, and he's making house calls even now. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 We receive, we receive, we receive in Jesus' name. We receive in Jesus' name. I've shared some on inheritance and stuff, but what, one thing about it is God can't give you what he doesn't have. So inheritance, God gives you what he does have. Okay, so think about heaven, how good heaven is. That's our ultimate destiny. Through Jesus Christ, we have access into heaven. But here on this earth right now, as he prayed and taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so inheritance is coming to us even now. We don't have to wait for heaven, but even now we can experience his blessings his answers, his goodness, good health, hallelujah. All those things are part of what God gives us. In Romans chapter 8, it talks about adoption. And in Christ, we all become adopted. But in adoption, Romans chapter 8, you didn't, re didn't receive a spirit of bondage. 
In other words, the world brings bondage and fear and all those things. Now we receive in Christ his Holy Spirit. And it's the spirit of adoption. So all of a sudden, now we can cry out, my father. So all of a sudden, there's a transformation when we get born again, recognizing who our father is. We have a natural father, have a natural father and mother, natural parents and so forth. But now we have a supernatural family and a supernatural father. And so our identity begins to change, right? It changes from just horizontal to vertical. This relationship. Remember, religion will kill you. A relationship with Jesus will give you life. And so, so now we're crying out, my father. So the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. So, so when you come to Christ, you're accepted into the family. And, and so many times we, because of our past life, we think, well, I'm not worthy and I don't deserve it. And all that, and all that is true, except the fact that God gave us grace to make you worthy <laughs> and cause you to deserve what he's given us. Amen. So it's a gift, gift of salvation. We receive that. And so the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that, hey, I'm a child of God. I'm a new person. The night I got saved, I walked out of a, a nightclub, uh, walked in one way, walked out another way. Changed something in my heart, changed. I didn't understand it all, and I'm still learning, but I know that I'm a child of God. And so for children, if then, and if you have to, you have to recognize this, that I'm a child of God. If you recognize this, then you know that you're an heir. Okay, because if he's your father, you are an heir. In the natural, we have natural families, and normally in a family, that you know that uh, if a person grows old and so forth, eventually dies, that there may be an inheritance from them because you're a son or daughter. Now, spiritually, you're sons and daughters. Because you recognize I'm a child of God, so now I'm an heir. Now, if I'm an heir, then it says I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So what Jesus had, what Jesus had, we have today. Same power, same glory, same miracle working aspects of the Father. We have those things today. Now, how do most of us feel as we go about our day? Well, it's a Monday, you know, we're just going around our day, kind of ho-hum. But many times we don't practice the presence of God. We don't realize what God's doing. We don't realize what we have. You're not a nobody, you're a somebody. If, if the, if the uh, president or the prime minister or whoever it was, let's say the king of England. So they have, there's royalty in the king of England. And so, so you, those children can walk into the palace because they are children, because they belong there. Some, if there's a palace guard and, of course, many guards, but how do they get in? Well, you're Prince William, so you are allowed in. So I can't go there and say, hey, uh, I'm friends. I saw him on TV. I want to get in. They're going to say, no, who are you? You're, you're an outsider. You can't come in. But when you come to Jesus Christ, now he's the door. He's the entry point into his presence. And so now you have to understand you belong. You belong. The promises are yours. They all come to you. You belong. Turn to your neighbor and say, you belong. <laughs> So if, if we're living in fear and intimidation, then we think, well, I don't know if I can, I'm not going to go up to the gate. I'm not going to walk up there because I'm going to be rejected. Folks, you're not going to be rejected. The throne, the, the throne of God is a throne of grace. And so the Bible says we can come boldly before the throne of 
grace. Why? Because of what Christ has done for us. And that's the wonderful thing about living in the New Testament. Now, understanding the new covenant, old covenant, they couldn't do that. The priest once a year who wasn't holy, but would enter the Holy of Holies for the people, but could never forgive sins. But now Jesus entered in for us and now all our sins can be forgiven. When we receive him, oh, thank you, Lord, for the transformation that he makes in our lives. So I can enter in now, not because who I was in the natural, but because of who I am in the supernatural. And I have what he has. All right. I have access to the throne room. I have access to the king of kings. Everything, everything is good. Same power, same love, same character. You have in the natural DNA that follows you. Actually, that DNA is going to tell you whether you're a boy or a girl. So DNA, God made them male and female. Your DNA, your chromosomes tells you whether you're male or female. There's not a bunch of chromosomes in there with 15 other identities. No, there's two. Two either makes you a male or a female. So you can do a blood test, boom, male, blood test, female. That's how it is. There's two. When you come into Christ, you get new DNA. I once was lost, once not living for God, once an enemy of the cross. But now that I'm saved, I have new DNA. And I take on the character of Jesus Christ, the one who died for my sins. So I take on his character. Didn't your neighbor say you have new DNA? <laughs> so, so if you go to the doctor and they'll, so for the first time, lots of times they'll give you a sheet and it'll give you like all your family history and so forth. And in your family, was there diabetes or heart disease or cancer? And you're checking all these things. Now, why do they do that? Because those things in the natural follow family lines. All right. So things maybe your parents or whatever had could follow you. But now we're in Christ. We get a brand new DNA. So, yeah, maybe there was that natural. But I say, well, thank you, Jesus, for a new life. Thank you for good health, divine health, long life. Remember, remember, everything in heaven is good. Everything is good. That's what he gave us. That's our inheritance. That's what we have right now here in this earth right now while we're still around. It's that deposit of the Holy Spirit in us. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all good. <laughs> Everything God does is good. Now listen, he loves people of the world too. He doesn't want to kill them. He wants to save them. Because he sent Christ to die on the earth for people. So, so someone could be totally against God. He just, he's not going to kill them. He's not judging them. All right, I'm going to get rid of those. No, no, he's here to save them. He's here to bring them in. As long as they have breath, his purpose is that they might be saved. Amen. Now, at some point, everybody's going to die. I understand that. But his will is that none should perish, that all should come to eternal life. So then in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6, he made us able ministers of the New Testament. So this whole concept, again, New Testament, New Covenant, this is where we're at today. And this is why when we think of character and the character of God, Everything about it, we see that in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you, if you want to see the Father, look at me. So what is God like? Look at Jesus Christ. How does God treat people? Look at Jesus Christ. So today, he's not in the business of killing people and judging people and all that. There will be a judgment at the last day, but right now is this time of grace. And we're ministers of this New Testament where the Spirit gives us life. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for life. 
Wow, I thank God I didn't get what I deserved. (laughs) You know, because we all were enemies at one point. But he gave us grace and he loves us. And and once, you know, I, I could have died a couple other times in my life at different points before I knew the Lord. We had a ministry to drunk drivers uh, and so forth. And one time years ago, a drunk driver came and he was angry and he was upset because I had sent him a letter. And the letter was about how God loved him and Jesus and had a good plan for his life. But he was upset because I sent him this letter. And he said, why would you do that? And I said, because I was a drunk driver. I was a drunk driver. I just wasn't caught by the police, but I was just as guilty as you. I was that drunk driver. But Jesus gave me life. Thank God I didn't kill somebody, but he gave me life and he spared my life. And that's why we're sharing with you. And his whole tune changed. That's what we're here for. We're here to bring life, offer life to people. And only Jesus can do that. So uh, uh, Wednesday night. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Sydney. Let's go to Genesis 1. He didn't know things I was going to share, but I love how the Lord dovetails things. But he talked about the image of God. And the Lord says, let us make man in our image. So here's the image, according to our likeness. All right, so we could have dominion and so forth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. So you were created in his image and in his likeness. Now, nothing else in creation that was that way. So there are some religions that are going to worship wildlife and animals and all kinds of things. Sorry. That's just, that's just creation. That's an animal kingdom. But that's not, the, that's not of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God created man, the crowning of creation, in his likeness, in his image. Therefore, I don't worship an animal. Therefore, I don't worship other, other things. I want to worship the one who I made like. Y'all understand that? Hope you're not out there worshiping other animals. You know what I mean? You're all staring at me like, you're kidding. I can't worship the dog. You know, no, don't worship the dog. You know, his character, he places, he started the beginning, placed his character in Adam and gave Adam a dominion and gave him power and authority in the spiritual realm, all right, which superseded in the natural realm. Now, what happened that, of course, we have the fall of man because Adam sinned. People say, why is this world, why doesn't God do something in this world? Because Adam sinned. So that's why the world is the way it is. That's why you have insurance. There are storms. There are destructive things. There might be accidents. None of that is God. All of that is because of the fall of man. And so when the devil took over and took the keys from man and he took dominion of the world, and 2 Corinthians says he's the God of this world, then all those other things begin to happen. Before it never happened, it was always in perfect harmony. So God sent Jesus because he loves the world, amen? He loves everybody in the world. And so now remember now, Jesus wasn't white. He wasn't a white person. This is not an American book. It's not an American gospel. It's an international book. Amen. Don't make it an American gospel. <laughs> Let, let's, whatever, whatever you preach should preach anywhere in the world. All right. So, so just always remember that. Does that fit someone over there in Southeast Asia? Does that fit somebody in Africa? Or does, no, it has to if it's of God. So God sent Jesus. So we have John 3. And Jesus said that we need to be born again. John 3, 3. Saying to Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. 
So born again means he's born from above. And so our eyes are opened to, when that happens, our eyes are opened to Jesus. To Jesus, not religion, not to church, but to Jesus and a relationship. Amen? Open to a relationship. Now we see in the next verses, in verse uh, 6 and 7, then Jesus is saying, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So, you have to, if you're born, if you're born twice, you die once. You're born in the natural, you're born again in the spiritual. There's only one death, physical death, but then there's life. If you're only born once in the natural, then you're dead spiritually and you're dead after this life. Not good. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. So the spirit, that which is of the spirit, all right, is spirit. And Jesus said, you shouldn't marvel at this, that you must be born again. Incidentally, now Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. Do the Jews need to be born again? The answer is yes. Were they God's people and so forth? Yes, but they still must be born again. There's, there's a prime example, right? So Jesus is looking at the ruler of Jews saying, you must, word must, turn to your neighbor and say, no other way, no other way, you must be born again. You must be born from above. So now when that happens then, after Adam's sin, we begin to take on his DNA. If I'm born again, all right, I'm born with new DNA, the flesh, the old man changes, sins forgiven, new DNA, spiritual DNA now. Amen? So, so we have to understand then that in 2 Corinthians five seventeen it says we become a new creation. Now, when we pray, we're forgiven, but then there has to be transformation. So I don't become a new creation automatically. That process of becoming a new creation happens when I give my life to Jesus. Forgiven, going to heaven, hallelujah. But now, now you become a new creation. Old things pass away, all right, and our life changes. So you have things that want to follow you from your family, old nature. You, maybe your parents, someone had a, a quick temper. Maybe somebody would get angry. Or maybe somebody had other devices and so forth, you know, drinking or doing other stuff. Well, now you have new DNA to change. So even for us, once we got born again, for Jeannie and I, we thought, no, we're breaking those chains from our past that we don't want to do, and nor do we want our children to do, our grandchildren to do. So we're breaking those chains that would try to follow us because now I got new DNA. Not accepting the old man. Not accepting the old ways. It's amazing how many people can grow up in an alcoholic home and then they themselves become an alcoholic. And see all the adversity in the alcoholic home and see all the anger and all the fights and all the, oh, this is terrible. And then they get up and they're, they're drinking and doing the same things. I learned to drink when I was probably in the seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade. And I learned to drink from my parents. So I was drinking highballs and so forth like that. And so it was nothing for me being in high school to be drunk or to do other things. That was nothing for me because that's what I learned. And you can think, oh, there's, look what the parents are, this sad, that's sad, that's sad. And the kids do the same thing. So unless you're born again, Amen. then your life can change. Say change. Amen. He wants to change you for the better. He wants to make you a new creation. Brand new. 
Hallelujah. Brand new. So you take on what? You take on his character. So what does God want you to be like? Read the New Testament. Read about Jesus. Read how he treated people. And that's how he wants you and I to be. So 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. The best thing God gives us is himself. So many times people are pursuing I mean, he blesses us in the natural, I understand that. But sometimes people are pursuing so much the natural things and forget, no, the best thing he gives us is himself, his character, purity, holiness, righteousness. So when we look, when our face is not covered, we continue in the word of God. All right, so we're looking, behold, we look in the word of God as a mirror. We see the glory of the Lord. And we're constantly being transfigured into his very own image, an ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. And this comes from the Lord, which is that spirit. So when we behold or we look into the mirror of God's word, I want you to see something. We're constantly being transfigured, all right? But it's as we continue in this. So Christians, a lot of Christians get saved and people cheer and so forth. This is wonderful while wow, they're saved. And then that's all they do. Lots of churches go as far to salvation. They preach salvation, get born again and so forth, which is good. But that's not the end of anything. That's the beginning. So when I get saved, now I need to grow into his image. Okay, now I have to realize who, who am I in Christ? What do I have? So those are things that happen as we continue in the word. So as I look into the word of God, and the more that I do that, I'm constantly being transfigured into his, into his own image with increasing splendor. But as I'm looking in the word, the disconnect for lots of Christians is they get saved, have a Christian that's great, still got their job, still living in the world, doing all the kinds of things and so forth, and not in the word. That's why as a church, we emphasize Bible reading. As a, as a church, we emphasize you looking at the Bible, not just taking things because we say it, but take it because the Bible says it. Because then the more you know the word of God, the stronger you become, the more convinced you are, the more you know that you know that you know, and then you're set free. You're set free. You're set free from the old things. You're set free from the old man. But you have to continue... Constantly, then you're constantly transfigured into his own image. Ever increasing splendor. So what should that mean? It should mean as the older we get, spiritually, the freer we should become. Lots of times, and I look at people that are older, and I'm in that club, but I look at people, yeah, we've done this before. Yeah, I've sang that before. Yeah, I already know that. And they're like this. And they're not free, and they're not happy, and they're not going forward. They're just dead in their tracks. Well, what are we going to have to eat at noon? What are we going to have to eat tonight? Well, what's going tomorrow? And their life is dead. And I'm just here to say, your life does not have to be dead. Does not have to be dead. It doesn't matter your chronological age. You can have youth renewed like the eagles. You can be excited about Jesus. You can be happy every day. See, that's the kind of life. All of a sudden, then we're happy and so forth. You're happy and you know it. Let your face know it and so forth. And other people look at you. Why are you happy? 
What are you on? What are you drinking? What are you taking? And the world is looking for all those things. And you and I have the answers in Jesus Christ. But it's only as I behold myself in the mirror of God's word. I have a Bible reading schedule, which I've done for decades and continue to do. Check off, check off, check off. Look, I've got things underlined. What was key there from yesteryear, from 1987 or from whatever. See, too many times people think, you know, I've read the Bible. Well, so what? Go and read it again. It's like, yeah, I've already had a hamburger. I don't need another hamburger in my life. All right, I have high no hamburgers. Okay, what else are you going to eat? You know, you don't stop eating because you did it once or had it once or enjoyed it once. You eat what's good for you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, eat what's good for you. <laughs> I remember my parents, my parents would, you know, I was, <clears throat> I was growing up a very finicky eater. So they'd set things on my plate, vegetables and different things. I didn't want to eat it. And I was the youngest of four boys and, and I, it just my will and their will. And I was like, okay. Then I sat at the table. Brothers are done eating, they're gone and so forth, and my mom's fixed clean enough stuff, my place still there, and I wasn't going to leave, and God bless them, we weren't going to leave until I ate my vegetables and so forth like that. And so my picking, I said, all right, finally, I, I, my will broke, all right, well, plug my nose, plug my nose, I fed it in there, and took some water and swallowed it. You know, I was in, uh, so in college, graduated from college, so I go to the Philippine Islands and were there for several weeks, six full weeks. That cured me of everything. Now I had to eat all kinds of stuff. I mean, we ate snake and we ate dog and so forth. And we were in the jungle and I said one day, what are we eating? And the guy said, don't ask, don't ask, you know, don't ask. I was, I went over skinny and I got skinnier. I, I went over skinny and I lost 10 pounds. Now I can eat anything in the world. I can be with the Indian pastors and the food's hot, hot, not physically hot, but spicy in South India, you know, and we're in a meeting and stuff. And afterwards we're eating with their fingers and they're look, they're looking at me and say, you like? And I said, it's good. And they're all like, it's hot, it's hot, isn't it? It's good. You know, your throat burns, your eyes water and you think it's great. Why did I say all that? I don't even know why I said all that. Anyway, you have to eat the word of God. Just because you ate once, enjoyed it and stuff, you still eat. You're going to go out and eat something today. Probably something you've already eaten maybe hundreds of times in your life before. We get in the Bible because the Bible brings us into the image of Jesus Christ. The Bible helps us to conform into his image. You don't conform to your church. You conform to the image of Jesus Christ. Too many Christians, they've conformed to their church who are, well, I belong to this denomination. Well, I belong to this denomination. That's beside the point. I've met a lot of Christians that are very cold because you're not in their denomination. That's a very sad testimony. Because our identity totally as a Christian should be in Jesus Christ. Not in other some structure or something like that. Amen. Should be in Jesus Christ. Should be the, the same image. Same image that he is. Laura, come on up a second. So, Alora Funderburg, you know, we had the Women Alive conference, and, and they talked about image and identity and so forth. That's the one painting back there that 
uh, came from Allison Lavoy that she painted like a thumbprint in the scriptures and so forth like that. Here I go, Laura. Oh, Laura, how old are you? 16. Junior in high school? Yes. And you're in band? Yep. And you like art? I do. All right. So show us here what you painted and just describe that. For, I don't know if they can, there's reflections <laughs> and so forth, but just show, show us what you painted. So my mom had this image of um, what would be painted on a mirror, and she asked me to paint it for her uh, for the Women Alive conference. It's just a, like a representation of Jesus, and as you can see, the middle part of like the face is like um, a lot clearer, and like you can just look through through it for yourself and see that it's like an image of God from, or like see yourself as an image of God. Yeah. And what does this say up here? You are made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. So when you look in it, we should see, if I look in it with my face, I should be seeing Jesus, right? You want to see yourself in Jesus? Yeah, myself in Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Now, if we go to the book of James a second, James chapter 1. We can behold our natural face in a mirror. So if a man listens to the word without obeying it, doing it, it's like a man looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself, then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. So why, why, do, you go into a, why do you look into a mirror anyway? Not to be vain, right? Not to be, oh, it's all about me, how I look and so forth. But you look, you look at yourself, usually look to see if your hair's in place. I don't have to worry anymore if my hair's in place. It just, my hair kind of stays in place. I can get up and it's in place. So it's just always in place. But, but you go to a mirror and you also look and say, well, do I have anything in my teeth? And you know, you kind of look at yourself and, right? And, and you make sure, you know, just, you look good, all right? So you're dressed and so forth, you look good. And you remember who you are, right? So if you're, if, you're, if you're that way, it helps you to become confident just as a person, all right? Who you are. You look in the mirror like, hey, thank you, Jesus, for who I am. But you have to remember that. You always have to remember that. He blows his natural face. And, and, uh, but he forgets, this guy forgets, goes off, forgets what he was like. And that's the person who hears the word but doesn't do it. And this is the state of Christianity, especially in America. All over America today, people are hearing the gospel. That's good. However, how many people are doing the gospel? We can hear the gospel and we can know about Jesus, but how much of the character of Jesus is growing in me? Because he is concerned about his character. Amen. It's his image, after all, right? It's his image that he wants to bring forth. So, so you have to remember what manner of person you are. Let's go on from there. Let's look at uh, verse 25. So if you look carefully in the mirror, the uh, faultless law of liberty, faithful and perseveres to do it, looking into it, be not heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer, he'll be blessed in his doing. So if I look into the mirror now, and I look, and I'm doing the Word of God and so forth, and all of a sudden I realize, man, I, I'm a new creation. I'm, I'm a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. I'm a, I'm a blessed person. I Think about all the adjectives that you could speak to yourself, and people should speak to themselves when they're down, discouraged, depressed. 
When I look in the Word of God, the Lord's always going to be talking to me about who He is. It's the only book you can read having the author present. And so as you read it, the author will say, this is what I meant there. The author can say, this is for you, Dave. And I look at that and I, oh man, just this week again, I'm just sitting there thinking, early in the morning, I say, oh Lord, you're so good. And he's showing me things and stuff. And it's just a real blessing. A blessing. It wasn't showing it for you. It was showing it to me. Lots of ministers are always in the Bible just to get a message for somebody else. I tell ministers, no, be in the, mess- be in the word for yourself. The message will come. Out of the overflow, right? So if you're in the Word, out of the overflow, things will just overflow. So you don't read it to get the message. No, you read it for Him to speak to you, speak to your heart. But as you do that, you realize He's speaking all day long. can be in my car driving. Oh, Lord, thank you. That's a good thought. You know, He's speaking all the time. And when God speaks to you, He's never going to call you a loser. He's never going to call you a failure. And people sometimes think, well, I failed, but that doesn't make you a failure. Haven't we all failed in different ways? Well, we have. Haven't we all disappointed the Lord in different ways? Well, we have. However, because of his grace, that's not who we become. We're becoming more like Jesus all the time. So even though here or there a mistake was made or something, we're on that path of constantly being changed from splendor to splendor, from glory to glory, into his image. Good message for young people today, right? For young people and, oh, you know, facing all kinds of issues in the world, but good message for older people. <laughs> Turn to somebody near you and say, you're not old. Look at someone older than you and say, you're not old. Look at someone older and say, you're not old. You know how it is. When I was, when I was in college, I looked at my parents and thought, they're old. Wow. I remember when my parents had their 25th wedding anniversary. Yikes. I thought, man, they are old. And now I realize, you know, as I approach 70 here, you know, I realize, I feel young. I'm trying to, my, my grandkids, you know, sometimes I'm around with my grandkids and they got their friends and so forth, but they know us. So, so kids, the other night we got a call from uh, uh, one of Micah's good friends, Thor. And so here's, here's Thor. And Thor, if you're watching, God bless you as you're watching down in New Mexico playing basketball. But what are we? We're part of his family. He said, just want to call you Papa and Nani, and he's talking and so forth. And I'm thinking, well, he talks more to us than our grandkids do, you know. <laughs> See, there's, there's relationship. There's things that happen. And so he, he, he blesses us so we can be a blessing. You are, you are made in his image. Everything he says to you is going to be good. Listen, hear me now. Even people in the world. I mean, he convicts people of sin. Yes. But he doesn't convict him like, you do that one more time and I'm just going to give you my right foot. It's not that way. The Holy Spirit can be grieved and it's like, oh no, but let's do this again to try to reach people. That's the heart of God. I'm so glad he did that for me. I'm so glad he was uh, patient with me and that uh, uh, I didn't get what I deserved. So his character... As we look into the mirror of his word, his character just begins to grow in us. And you remember who you are because, because I remember my dad here there would have a temper and then I'd, something happened to me in my life and I'd go, <gasps> and I'd know that's just like my dad. And I'd resist and I'd really know that I have different character now. I have a different DNA now. I, I act differently. Why? Because of who I belong to.
Let me give a couple more scriptures. Let's go Second Peter. We're just a little bit more time. Second Peter 1. I love that grace is multiplied. Say multiplied. multiplied. Through the word of God, grace is multiplied. Now, that's, it's not judgment multiplied. It's grace multiplied. And, and peace is multiplied. Through, as we read the Bible, oh, it's just like more grace, more peace. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> so his divine power, the Holy Spirit, has given us all things, say all things, that pertain to life and godliness. Now, that is to this life. So I don't have to wait for heaven. I'm not just trying to barely getting along here waiting for Jesus to come. But I can enjoy this victorious life in Christ now. Amen. Doesn't mean I don't face things. No, but I still have this victory because of what Christ has done. So grace is multiplied. And this is what I see when I look into the mirror of God. When I look into the mirror of God's word, I see, wow, Dave, look at that. The Holy Spirit's giving you all things, all things for life and godliness. And I think, Thank you, Lord. Because sometimes they think, well, I don't know what I should do or so forth. No, I've got all things here. And it looks through the knowledge. The knowledge is the word, him who called you to glory and virtue. He's called us. But listen, he's called everybody to life. He's calling everybody to life. When I pray for people, you look at people's lives and so forth. And some people that might be very bad people. And yet I think, oh, Lord, you still got a plan for them. See, in my natural thing, I can start talking to the TV. Why? They've got to do this and this. But that's the natural. The supernatural says, oh, Lord, touch their heart. Save them. You know, save them. And that's how we should be praying. Amen? So he's given us, notice, exceeding great and precious promises. So as I look into the mirror, I think, oh, look what I've got. So I'm not abandoned. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I have access to the throne. I have all these promises that I can be a partaker of the divine nature. Think about this. You're partaking of God's very nature. I've got all things. I lack nothing. I've got everything I need. You've got everything you need. You lack nothing. You face this week. He's on your side. You have decisions to be made. The Holy Spirit will guide you. But you have to ask, right? You know, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. In all your acknowledge him, he'll direct your steps. People say sometimes, I'm not sure what to do. Let's acknowledge him. I said to my grandkids, different times they've had decisions. They're not sure what to do. I said, let's acknowledge him. And I said, what that means is we will pray and ask him to show you. And it's kind of like, we can do that? They say, yes, you can. You can do that, and he will show you. And what he shows you will always be good. It'll line up with the Bible. He's not going to show you something bad. not going to tempt you to do something bad. He's going to show you good things. Image, image, image. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have the image of God. Created in his likeness and his image. You have it. You know, people could prophesy, the image of God is going to come someday. No, it's already here. The Holy Spirit is going to be poured out. No, it's already been poured out. (laughs) You know, so sometimes when people say things, it's like they're almost prophesying from the old. No, no, we already have this today. So I want to get up in the morning. I want to get up in the morning, open my Bible and say, oh, Lord, you're so good. Wow, you look good. 
And then when I'm done, say, physically reading the Word of God or done physically praying and praising and so forth, things that I do, then I want to leave that remembering who I am. Someone might say, hey, you big jerk. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm a child of God. You know, you're not not phased then because you remember who you are. Someone can say, you're just a big loser. Sorry, I'm not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I remember who I am. It's good for everybody to understand this. Amen. Because I've been in the word. I've seen myself in Christ. Amen. Let's do something to say. Set down your Bible. So turn, face one person. Don't get three or four. I want you to turn and face one person. Just do that a second. Just tr- stand up. Face one per- Just stand up a second so it's easier to do. Face one person, square, all right? You're parallel. Parallel. Parallel one person, all right? Now, I want you to take their hand. I want you to take their hand. And I want you to say, I see the image of God in you. Say, you are a blessed person. You have all the gifts of God in you. You have the favor of God on your life. You have the Holy Spirit with you. You are empowered. There's nothing that you cannot do. You have the victory of God. You have the peace of God. You've got the joy of the Lord. I speak health into your body. I speak blessing into your mind. I speak blessing on the work of your hands. I speak blessing on your home. Because you are a child of God. You belong to the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. You have His image. You have His likeness. You have His likeness. There is greatness in you. Say it again. There's greatness in you. Say they're supernatural in you. Tell them there's nothing you cannot do. Say you are victorious today. Because of Jesus Christ. Now let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For who you are, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you. We thank you. We give you praise. We are so grateful, Lord, to be your children. And you are our Father. Oh, we're so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for blessing people watching, blessing people hearing later, Lord. Blessing people on YouTube, blessing homes and families and individuals worldwide. Thank you for what you're doing, Father, today by your Spirit in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Reach out to your neighbor. Amen. Bless your neighbor. Say hi to somebody like maybe 10 different people shaking hands. Amen. In Jesus name. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net 
or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.